Welcome. My name is Eddie Arrieta. This is Fulfilling Work Life. We intend to talk to leaders, professionals, remoters, human beings from all around the world who share with us their knowledge. Join me in this daily journey. And we are like that officially live. Esteban, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Fine. Thank you, Eddie. And you? I'm doing great. Where are you located, Esteban? I'm in Quito, Ecuador, in the middle of the world. Oh, that's fantastic. One of my very good friends is from Quito. Yes. And, um, well, I live outside uh, the city of Quito. I'm most near the airport, which is almost like 12 kilometers away from the city. Many um, years ago in the 2005, uh, with my wife, we decided we don't want to live in an apartment. We want to live in a house. Unfortunately, we go very far away and we have a great garden. And uh, for this quarantine have been um, lucky for us. Oh, that, that, that's, that's very, very lucky. And, and of course, I, I, want, I want to get started with you, you know, explain a few different things. But I want to ask you a little bit about Ecuador, um, because one of the things that I've noticed with my friend is, and I don't know if this is particularly because he is like that, and I haven't met, but the, the, the two Ecuadorians I know are all very, the three that I know, sorry, are very connected with nature. Very interesting. Like the, there is, it seems to be like almost like they live in a garden. That's like the, the sense I get because they treat plants differently. They treat like their house gardens differently than, than at least we do in my area of the country in Colombia. So it seemed very, very interesting to me to see that approach that they had. But I don't know, what, what, is, what is the Ecuadorian society like, uh, especially around, you know, environmental issues? And I know you have the Galapagos, uh, like, close by, so I presume people from Ecuador are, like, always very aware of, like, nature. For some reason, this is, like, just pure perception. I, I don't know. So what, what's, what's your take? Yes. Uh, as, as any country, you have exception kind of people that... that aren't connected with the environment and the, and the nature, you would find that kind of people. But I believe, yes, uh, the majority of the Ecuadorian people uh, enjoy a lot and support a lot nature because we have the benefit uh, in our small country that we have um, the rainforest on the Amazonia. We have the mountains, the high mountains where, where Quito is established. We have the oceans, the coast. And um, I, I don't remember the name of a movie that was um, projected by uh, Russell Crowe. It was a kind of a kidnap. And I believe that uh, the critics um, said that it is impossible that a person could be walking in the mountains and in a couple of hours, they would be in the jungle. And, and the director of the movie said, you must go and see Ecuador. You could have that kind of, of changes in, in three hours walk, depending on where you have. So I believe that's the main reason that the people of Ecuador enjoy and support the love of the nature. That is awesome. So I want to I wanna ask you now, the, of course, the first question. Why don't you then tell us a little bit about, about who Esteban Chediak is? Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? And, and, and we are, of course, very ready to learn uh, from you today. Yes. Um, well, um, 
I am a person that is always uh, questioning things and like to understand and get knowledge to understand a little bit more uh, about the world, about the business, about the people. So I have uh, developed a professional career as many others have done. And uh, probably, yes, I believe three years ago, I began to question a lot about my, my professional journey and to see what more I could do. And in that process, I get in touch with uh, Action Coach, which is um, the number one uh, firm on business coaching. And I research a little bit more about uh, them and I get connected with their vision. Their vision is um, create abundance in the world through re-education. So you say, wow, this is a huge, um, goal and uh, Brad Sugars, which is which is the founder, uh, I believe he established that goal because it is very difficult to accomplish in two decades or three decades because we want to create abundance, and when they express abundance, is not especially to uh, money abundance. The abundance word uh, have a huge impact. You could get abundance in your feelings, in you are more happy, uh, more love, more uh, incomes to people so they could support and they could grow. So uh, what he identified, the best way to generate or, or to accomplish this goal is um, spreading his knowledge and the knowledge of other coaches as I am uh, that have the experience in the corporate and the business world to support the um, small, middle and large companies. Because I believe, I don't know if you have heard um, an interview to many CEOs and, and I believe it was Eric Schmidt, the CEO of Google, and you have in, in YouTube um, an interview with, with he explained that one key uh, decision he made was to get the support of a business coach. So you would say, and he also explained, look, I am the CEO of Google. I have created all this. Why would I need a coach? And I believe this mentor of him tells him, look, everybody needs a coach. And he understands that the great performers in sports are great because they have someone to support, to guide, and also to pressure them to get the best of them. In the business, it's the same. Uh, the people that found a company, they usually begin little, and then they begin to do they think they have to do all by themselves. I, I assume you have known uh, many business owners that they're kind of, I, I don't know the, the correct translation for this word. Uh, could you help me? Gerentodologo? No? Uh, a management study, someone who studies management? 
No, because... What does the gerentólogo... Gerentólogo for me in Spanish is a manager that has to do everything. He's the accountant people, the salesperson, the marketing person, the operation person, the transport person. The jolly. The jolly, yes, the, jo the joker, the, 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 the do everything, the generalist, but not, not even a generalist, right? Because it's just, this person is really doing everything. Like he's that's, doing everything and he's not good I mean, in everything. <laughs> Usually they are good uh, probably in the technical and the operation area. But probably they are not good on marketing. Probably they are not good on financials. And uh, they, they usually, unfortunately, in five years, they got bankrupt because they, they haven't handled correctly the business. And uh, me and many other action coaches support these leaders so they could develop their business in a greater way so... Um, they have they, they could enjoy a little bit more about life and that's super interesting because um, we've had we've had a coach before uh come a couple of coaches actually uh come and talk and i think one of the things that i i absolutely agree uh with the idea that uh, top performers are are very very similar to uh, athletes where, where they have one or two very specific um abilities that are unique Uh, to an environment that makes them attractive to that environment. And then you would have people tell you, and I've heard this about myself when they would say like, oh, you know, you guys are high potential. Uh, and then that, but that high potential cannot, potential is like in, in physics, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's potential energy. It's not real until <laughs> it is actually, uh, uh, until actually something is done with that energy. Um, and the, the previous coaches that we've had, they've all also talked about this idea that everyone needs someone, right, to, to look at their performance and give some feedback. Now, I, I think there is unsolicited feedback. I also think there's uh, a lot of commentary in the ecosystems that can be very negative. I'm usually very skeptical. I think is the word about like most feedback that I might get. I'm very open to like getting feedback, but I try to take everything with like a grain of salt. And I think that's probably where like a coach plays a crucial role because it's, you don't have to take it with a grain of salt. You just have to take it. <laughs> And that's it. Uh, from your perspective, when, when you are looking into, you know, great coaches and great performers, what do you think is the main Uh, kind of like initial struggle that you would see in there. Uh, because if you are a great coach, like if you're, and this happens to uh, La Selección Colombia, uh, the, the soccer team, where we had all these guys playing in Europe and you have these huge athletes, big profiles, and they were like, oh, we cannot give them a local coach. We give them a local coach and they're going to be like, who are you? So they brought uh, Peckerman from uh, Argentina who had, you know, uh, World Cup experience. And they were like, okay, this is a coach that actually can understand me. So what is that initial kind of like struggle uh, of power, I would say, <laughs> that happens between great performers and great coaches? Yes, it's very interesting what you mentioned, Eddie, uh, because I believe it's important, first of all, to, to separate uh, the different type of coaches that there are. Uh, because uh, you have the 
I, I believe the, the, no, the name is ontological coaches, okay? And they are certified by EFF, EFC, I believe, international. I don't get that uh, name correctly, but the ontological coaches are coaches that are going to support any type of people, any kind of person, okay? So you could be probably a, a salesperson in a corporate company, and you could have an ontological coach. So he could support you as a person to develop your best uh, improvement of yourself. Um, and people have uh, confused sometimes, um, and I believe the reason uh, all these kind of coaches have increased in the, in the past year is because probably the usual psychologists go too many times to the back or to your past to understand why you are like that. So uh, the coaches focus more on, okay, forget about any, uh, all that issues of the past. What can you do right now to be a better person? So uh, as a business coach, we go with these two areas to the leaders of the company. So the leaders of the company have to change their mindset to be better leaders and also we support them with the skills of business strategies to make a difference. So when you mention what is the further struggle, I'm going to focus on um, the business coaching, okay? Not on the ontological coaching. And in the business coaching, one of the main issues I could consider would be the further struggle is to change the mindset of the leader. Because uh, I, have, I have also a certification on um, subconscious reprogram on your head. Because if, if you search a little bit, you would see that we have been programmed that 90% of our thoughts of our subconscious have been programmed in our seven years of, of age between zero, the day we're born, and also when we are inside our mothers until seven years. And she say, what? You are telling me that 90% of my thoughts have been already programmed when I was a little kid in some way, yes. That's so important to understand that. So when I explain and I give examples of knowledge to people, they get, okay, I now I get it. Because if I tell to them, they have to believe me with faith. And that could be complicated. So for example, I could suggest all the people that are watching us, I don't know if you have heard, to read the book of Bruce Lipton, the, uh, the Knowledge of Belief. It's a great book. And it's a, a biology man that have searched and understand how our souls get in touch and how they act in relation to our environment.
So that would be the first part is change that mindset and, and reprogram your beliefs. Because usually these leaders have limited beliefs and we don't have, we cannot work in abundance if the leader have a limited belief. That is so powerful uh, and, and, and it's super powerful because I had a friend and I'm going to get, I'm going to get personal because I think that's what makes sense for this conversation. Um, I have a friend, a really good friend of mine uh, that, that today is my boss and, and uh, we were talking about a year and a half ago uh, where we were not even had a relationship, like a working relationship. And uh, I remember he was asking me, what, what do you think is like, what, what limits you? And I was like, you know, what limits me is my relationship with money. Not, the, not because I don't have it, but because from very early age, uh, there was scarcity. And because there was scarcity, I always had to get stuff on my own and help my family. And every time, like it was always struggling to get there. And then when I'm in a, in a space of abundance, I don't know how, what to do with it. Because I'm so used, I'm, I'm so comfortable in scarcity, then going to abundance becomes then the really hard thing to do. And I think what you're mentioning is super powerful because when you think about it, one of the things that, that I've also heard in, in my current context is if you have an idea and if you really know where you want to go, there is funding everywhere and it's real. There is so much money everywhere for any ideas, for any business, that the only thing almost that determines whether or not you get that money is if these people believe you could do the thing that you're saying you, you want to do. So it becomes then again a, a mindset, uh, uh, like, like a state of the mind of whether or not you actually can visualize these things. And what you're saying is if you don't change those different things that you have in, in front of you, then you won't be able to actually visualize. So this morning, and I'm, I'm giving a lot of context, but I think it's important for Stefan. Uh, this morning, I tried to do, um, so I, I follow, um, what's his name? Tim Ferriss. And yesterday, I was watching one of his videos. He was talking about journaling. So he's like, okay, I have these three types of journaling. He's super structured. So like, if you think you're structured, you need to watch Tim Ferriss and you'll be like, okay, I have no structure. <laughs> this guy is like, I follow these 20 steps every day. He's like, okay, we have no structure. Um, but one of the things he was saying is he was talking about journaling. And this morning I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the declutter. I'm going to write down everything that's on my mind just to make sure that I put it. And the thing that struck me is that, and this is super serendipity, uh, you, you mentioned... Um, uh, the, this, this aspect of, wait, I have it, I have it right here. Um, so, uh, da, 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 da. one second, because I cannot forget this. You, you mentioned it and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, the, the synchronizing the soul with the situation. So I was looking into the situations and I said, you know what? I could say, what a terrible situation. What an awful situation. I was like, actually, I don't think it's a terrible situation. I'm just going to write down that this is a good opportunity. So I'm going to put down that where do I see this? And I don't know. I'm not forcing this. This is coming as like automatic. So I'm trying to make my soul rearrange itself from the perspective it had. So it had a negative connotation to the same situation. And what I notice is like, actually, there are two sides of this. Like, there is another side of my mind that is saying, no, it's not that actually. It's just the conflicting thoughts. So in terms of programming 
yourself and programming your 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 inner self what are some of the tips <laughs> that you can give us to like get going on, on on in that direction and sorry i gave all this context but i think it's important for everyone to kind of like understand like why using the tactic and why changing and why this is like coming from the past and like but but it's because it affects it affects if i don't if i don't approach it this way then i cannot move forward i'm paralyzed by by the current context oh i appreciate david that you make all this context because many people could be struggling between in this fight uh, look um when i certificate as a, a subconscious reprogram coach okay, which is another certificate that I have. My mentor is, um, is a guy who know a lot about um, theology and I have a good knowledge and profound knowledge on, on the Bible and philosophy and psychology. So, and, and when we were discussing about all this process and I must, assume that I get, um, I get, uh, could I, tell you that? I was far away from my soul in, 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 in that part of my life. And it was good that I find this mentor. And with that, I understand a lot. What I see is that you have an internal fight always. Okay. And this fight that you have, is between of your soul and your ego, okay? And, and your soul and your, your best way to be as a person are related to your being, to your soul. And the bad thoughts are related to your ego. And I believe that's the... Oof, I don't, I, I don't, I cannot give this in, in, in English. Libre albedrío? Uh, free will. Free will. So I believe that the free will that us as human have, you have to listen to this part of your mind or you would like to see, to listen this part of your mind. And in that process, what have uh, be very uh, useful for me is to understand Oh, 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 now I see. It's talking the ego right now. I'm not going to listen to that one. Because usually that part of your mind limited you to get the great opportunities that you may have in life. I hope this, this, this is clear and makes sense for you. I, th I, th I think it does because I, I, think in, in, and I think the common denominator in the conversations that we have had here of fulfilling work life is how um, those great leaders that, that come here have struggled initially to understand the role the ego plays. And ego is, is an interesting voice. Um, I, I, I cannot frame it as an enemy or, or like, because it's part of like you. <laughs> You've made it up. <laughs> You've created it. You have this, this image of like who you think you are and then it needs to be destroyed. And most religions have talked about, about ego in very different ways. And Christianity talks about it like the, 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 the other you, right? I, I don't know what in English is, but, but it, the Bible specifically says you have to kill it. You have to, you have, it has to die. 
if you really want to be free, that other person that you have created has to die. And for that person to die, a lot of different things have to happen. Um, I think Buddhism calls it as the, uh, I think, well, it's not, it's not the monkey mind yet, but, but, but there is another representation for, for the ego. And the ego becomes this thing that uh, can be very detrimental to, to your relationships. That, not that it cannot drive you. Uh, the problem is that if it drives you long enough, there will be a moment where if you're not satisfying the ego, then you, will not, you won't find you know, accomplishment or, or satisfaction in what you're doing. Now, what are some of the things that you could, that you could point to, Stefan, um, in order to identify ego you know, when, when, when a professional is, is pondering about things, when we are faced with decisions, when we are just thinking, how can we help ourselves to identify ego? Usually, um, well, ego, ego presents to you in many ways. And uh, it could present as nobody is better than me. I am the best here. And it also could present, I'm not worth it. Nobody is going to talk with me. Look at different positions, okay? So, uh, as you mentioned, in the Buddhism, they usually suggest go to the middle don't go to the one extreme don't go to the other extreme go to the balance usually the the buddhists look for the balance so um, when you have this kind of thoughts you have to first understand to identify them and you first have to read a lot uh, look um, the best thing a person could do is to get knowledge, to be win, to, to search for wisdom. Because if you are not developing yourself, you are dying. It's like a tree. If a tree is not growing, what is doing a tree? It's dying. I, I, so, I love that. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, unfortunately, and, and, and I, I, I appreciate that you mentioned, to be here, I have done my journey. I have a struggle. I have moments of crisis because we all are humans. That great people, that great leaders that we see, uh, Jeff Bezos, if you listen to him, he mentioned how many mistakes he have made. But the difference is when, they, when he have a mistake, he don't get like, mm, this is not going to work. I'm going to get a job. No, he don't. No, I'm going to do it in another way. And in another way, and in the probably five or 10 times, he, he gets the, the goals that he has achieved. And that is very interesting because, um, and, and I, I try to keep this as real as possible as a conversation. Uh, this, like these things are, are very real. Um, there are voices that would tell you, you you don't have the ability. And at the same time, you have another voice saying you will be the top, right? And, and, and I'm not sure um, 
because and that's not going to be my question actually i'm going to go in a different direction uh we'll, we'll go there i think we could have like three more shows uh but uh when, when getting knowledge and when learning, I, I, think, I, think, I think it's fantastic. And I would actually even recommend that the knowledge that you get um, is as multidisciplinary as possible. Um, because what I found in multidisciplinary knowledge is that you start understanding the underlying truths about life. You, you see it. You see it throughout. I'm reading a book about uh, structures and, and why things don't fall apart. And it talks about structures, physical structures, like why things and talks about principles of flexibility and uh, deflection and whatnot. But it, it, it is all related once again to like leadership and how rigid structures are. It's very interesting. Uh, but what I've noticed as well is that you could devote a lot of time learning and very little time executing or too much time executing and very little time learning. And I'm not sure yet if it's a matter of like your own personality where you like can devote two hours a day or one hour a day or 30 minutes a day or eight hours a day or a cycle of learning versus a cycle of executing or I, so. What is your perspective on, on that? Like, not, not in how much time, but what is the overall perspective on, on uh, you know, absorbing knowledge and executing, especially for high performers in, in business? Interesting what you just mentioned, Eddie. Um, that's the reason uh, we have the, the name of action. Is, if you don't go to action, you are just getting entertainment. What, what we mentioned when we develop webinars and other stuff, it's good that you came here and have knowledge. But the majority of people think that if they go to a seminar, to a webinar, and they get knowledge, okay, I have many webinars in, in this quarantine, I have registered on. Oh, that's good. But how many of them have you implemented? How many have you gone and probably do it with some mistakes? It's okay. You have to do it. So you could understand when you apply that knowledge, you are going to get winsome. Because going on only, only to, to, um, to webinars is not going to give you the knowledge. So in that particular process, is when we as coaches and business coaches, we go to the leaders and said, you have gone to many courses? Yes, you have go to have a certified in, in the Harvard or in Wharton or many of, of, of that kind of, of seminars and courses, but they came back to their business and they are still doing the same. It's difficult to apply. And when they have a coach, the coach is going to say, look, we make a compromise that we are going to develop and implement these three things. Have you, no, I have not done because, because, come on, you can, you have to be focused. And then they appreciate our support. And then they say, look, you, you help me to get focused and develop the things that are most important in my company. So when you have this struggle between getting the knowledge, reading the books, it's good to have a person, and, and usually in action coach, all of us have the backgrounds of being high performance executives. So we understand how business works. We are not psychologists, 
uh, and we are not, um, how could I say, teachers. We have been in the field. And that, that's, that's, that's also super, super cool because when, when you are, I don't know, I don't know for, I'm sorry, I'm mentioning soccer a lot, but it's because I like soccer, but, um, but it, apply, it applies to any sport, actually. Uh, the best coaches are usually those that have played the sport. They have been, they have been in the field. They know what it feels like to, to bat. They know what it feels to, to, to throw hoops. They, they know what it feels to, to kick a ball. They know what it feels, the pressure to have the, 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 the stadium looking at you. And, 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 and they understand those things, especially those that started at an early age. Um, there are coaches that not necessarily have to be there, but like it's not, it's not common. In fact, I, I, I fantasize with the idea of like coaching soccer. I was like, I could, I could co coach soccer, but it comes back to what you were mentioning, right? The ontological uh, coaching versus the, uh, which in my mind was like the, the technical coaching. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of people um, are, because they have read a few things and because they have done a few things, Uh, they can all tap a little bit onto the ontological uh, coaching. And, and I think I've done that myself, not officially, not getting paid, but in your feedback to others, like you kind of like do certain things and, and you can have coaching voices around. So, so how, would you, how would you perhaps approach this idea of, because I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of, of optimizing for structure, Right. Uh, and, and I talk, for example, about something that I learned very recently that uh, probably some of us do it unconsciously, which is optimizing for serendipity. So, like, I have no idea who Steven Chediak is, but I do know that there is a structure that allows to bring amazing people to this show that somehow I will learn something from. And sure enough, like that happens. <laughs> so is there a way for for professionals and business people to optimize for coaching voices, to optimize for, for, for feedback or to optimize uh, their system around them, to optimize for, for that coaching experience that can give them different voices uh, outside of their main coach uh, or their main mentor. Um, what, what would you say could be something that we could do to, to get those voices around us to give us the right uh, signals, I would say? Yes. Um, As you mentioned, the ontological coaches, um, and unfortunately, uh, many people have certified as ontological coaches. And, and what, I, what I mean by unfortunately is because it's kind of like twisted to get a certificate, and it's very different to be a good coach. So um, in that process, Somebody is, is talking about neurolinguistic program and reengineering. Yes, that's, that's very important. The, the um, neurolinguistic and reprogramming is part of, of, of the mindset. Yes, how you speak to yourself. I don't know who, who, who just wrote that. Um, but um, I believe there are very good coaches of ontological coaches, and there are others that are not so good because they haven't resolved internally their issues. They haven't uh, keep learning, keep developing themselves. So when you want to have like uh, 
different support and different voices, it is important to see the experience and and also um, how what they say connect with you. Because, uh, for example, if I'm coaching you for your business and how you could develop your business, and you listen to other person that it's okay, and and probably you get confused. You have to come with that confusion to your main coach and present that, that, that situation. Look, we have developed this strategy, this plan, but some people have mentioned to me that we could make this and this and this mistake. Okay, could be. We all are humans. And the best way is also to read and learn from great leaders of the past. Uh, if, if we just, um, we have, uh, I believe you have heard about um, Anthony Robbins. Okay, it's a great coach, but it was, who was the coach of Anthony Robbins? Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn, I believe he listened to Erin Nadingo. Nothing, Gail, I believe is the, the last name. And be, um, before him, Napoleon Hill, the book, Think and Grow Rich. It was written, I believe, in 1920. And the, the information you have in that book is maintained until now. But people don't search for knowledge and they don't apply that knowledge. So you have to be careful and listen and, and make your own decisions, but get the, the direction of your main coach. I think that's very, like, I think that's probably the most important part that you're saying, like take decision, which is take action. Because <laughs> um, I, just, I just wrote down on, on, on the board, um, when in doubt, learn. Uh, sometimes, um, you know, I found myself doubting certain things and like not finding a path to do something. And then you end up procrastinated in, in different directions that are probably not very good for you. Uh, so I just made up that rule when in doubt, just learn. I'm just going to make sure that if, if, if I just don't, I'm just going to learn and, and take that position that you just mentioned is like, just, just learn something. If you don't know like what action to take, just try to learn something at least. Uh, but when we are trying to put ourselves into action, and uh, I think for some of us might be a lot easier because of our you know, experience and you know, things we've done in the past. So we know what to do, what not to do in certain scenarios. Uh, but sometimes that action might not be as effective as it could be. It might not be optimal either. Um, from your perspective, is it... Is it uh, is it about, is it action for, I presume it's not action for the sake of action, but is it, is it action? Um, how, how do we avoid action for the sake of action? I guess is my question. Or, or is if action for the sake of action is good enough uh, would be my, my, my second thought on that. Could you reformulate that for me? Action. Yes. So, so, uh, cause we are talking about like learn and, and like get these things, but take action, like do things. So I, I'm, I'm wondering is like, what if the action I'm taking is not good enough? <laughs> Should I still do it? 
or or should I or should I like is that good enough? It's like action for the sake of action, good enough. Just like, but for the fact that I did it, or should I not? Should I wait? Should I like what? How should I approach action? I guess is the question. Uh, the answer for that, and we handle very very frequently in Action Coach, is test and measure. Test and measure. You wouldn't get the correct and perfect um, way to do things. You have to test and measure. Yesterday, I was reviewing with my BDM some strategies we have done in marketing. And, and many people consider like these days, digital marketing, you have to invest in Facebook, in LinkedIn, and many people are investing, but they never measure. They just invest and they say, no, this is not uh, going, uh, the benefits that I'm looking for. Okay, why? Have you seen how many views, how many interactions, how many leads, how many close to sales? Oh, this one have great views, but no interaction. Probably your landing page is not good. Probably you have asked too many uh, detailed information for your lead and they don't want to give that information. So we have identified that kind of, of, of things. We, we test, we measure, and then we make corrections and go again and test and measure. There's nobody in marketing that have gone with a great strategy in the first one. They usually do this strategy, they go out, probably some some things, uh, some things go good and some things don't go so good. So you have always to test and measure and kind of look how much the investment would be. Uh, I must uh, mention to you, we were discussing about Ecuador. I understand many uh, multinational companies, pharmaceutical, um, uh, foods and, and, and other kind of companies use Ecuador as a kind of pilot country to the region of Latin America. Why? Because the people that we live here in Quito, in the mountains, were kind of similar to the people of Bogota, probably Santiago de Chile, probably Buenos Aires, okay? And Mexico City, okay. And the people who is in Guayaquil, which is uh, down in the coast, are more similar to the people on Cartagena, Medellin, Cali, uh, Lima. So they, they test in Ecuador, and what they see in a small country, tendency, they know how it's going to work in bigger countries. So that's a way to test and measure also in the big companies. I really like this because it's a, it's a big part of like what usually the skepticism around coaching is, which is the execution part. Most people, and I think it's because of like how initially or how you see it also on TV or rather social media, um, you know, where you see coaches talking from this, from, and I'm from now on, I'm going to be very careful when I say ontological, but, but, uh, but from this ontological perspective, where of course, uh, some of the things that are said are truths and, and white through truths about, about life, but, but they don't become actionable. Um, and, and, and it's really hard for people to really 
like grasp uh, like the impact these things could have on themselves. So when when faced and 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 this is going to be of course once again uh, uh, a personal take, right? Uh, when when you are when you are entrepreneurial or when even when you are and you were mentioning it, uh, you know when you're a high performer. Um, and this was real. Like I remember my, my father-in-law was telling me, oh, when I used to see Maradona, like these kids don't know how to play. You know, when Maradona played, he would play, he would go back, he would defend, he would go forward, he would, he would do everything. He's like, yes, because he was a high performer and he thought he had to do everything because he didn't trust the rest of the team or they didn't have the ability or we didn't have like the sophistication of teams back then. Today, for example, I read an article about um, Zinedine Zidane. He's the coach of Real Madrid. And um, there is a player in there called Casemiro. And they said Casemiro is not, in terms of the speed and in terms of technique, he might not be the best in the world. But the way in which he has positioned him in the field so that his speed is just the right speed, that his position is just the right position, have made him almost like the, be the best tool that he can use to win all his games. And it was very interesting uh, because some of these big players um, sometimes might want to do way too much. And you see it. Uh, and, and, and you see that in business as well. So the reason why I'm saying this is personal is because compromising, it's very difficult. Sometimes you just take on too much responsibility and you feel that if you don't, then you are, then you're not enough. So what are some of the things that, that a high performer can do to stay lean, but then again, you know, show impact? So I don't want to do 20 things anymore. I want to do two things this month, the month of July. And I'm talking real, I'm talking real life. This month, I don't want to do 20 things. I want to do two things. And I want to do those two things and make sure that they have impact. How can I approach that challenge? Considering myself a high performer, I know it's not, uh, it's not very humble, but let's just assume I just want to perform. I would answer that question, but first, because you mentioned Maradona, and um, for me, the best player in the world is Messi. <laughs> and hopefully, <laughs> no Argentina is, uh, no, fan, uh, no Maradona fanatics in Argentina is watching and probably would send some you know this is this is one of those questions this is a, this is a, this will be a long question this will be a long discussion but I, before i answer it i think i want to watch like I, I would i would the way i would approach it is i have to watch some maradona games when he was still junior i want to see some maradona games when he was on top of his game i want to see some maradona games in, in eliminatorias so uh how do you call it in english the playoffs uh, and then i want to see some world cup games and then see like what what was the what was the impetus in there? I haven't watched many Maradona games actually. Just consider one thing, what, what I have discussed with, with other people. Uh, the defense and the middle field players on that period of time wasn't so good performance as they are right now. So if you put that best period of Maradona with the actual defense players and middle camp players, I don't know how he would do it, but you could measure right now how Messi is doing. And what you just mentioned, what I, what I invite to, to see the people about coaching, Messi is a guy, an incredible guy. But the question for me is Messi 
would be the great player he is right now without the moments and the support he have from uh, Guardiola? That's a good reflection because I believe Messi is the guy that he is right now because in a very important part of his life, he get a great coach, which is Guardiola, and explain to him, look, you don't have to be running all the field. You have to be waiting for the moment they pass you the ball and you have the energy to run with the ball. Because if you're running a lot, when they pass you the ball, you are going to be tired. So that switch makes sense to Messi. And these days, some, some people, and also the, the people of Argentina, when Messi play in, in, in their country team, look, Messi don't, don't, good, don't, don't make all the effort. I said, look, in the, in the final of Brazil, he was, he, he always put a, a ball in the, um, in the mm -hmm. palo del de, de arco. <laughs> yes. I don't. <laughs> so he all, he do it all the effort he could, but unfortunately it wasn't the day. So when you want to accomplish something, as you mentioned, Eddie, these two things. First of all, you have to write it down. Okay, I'm going to do these two things. To get that goal of these of these two goals, what little actions I have to do consequently, first, second, third, and develop all the um, key indicators you want to accomplish with, with each one and put dates. Because look, I'm going to do this in this month, but probably you don't do anything until the last five days of the month. So when you put dates on all this stuff, you have to do it, the people, and, and you put uh, in these machines, I remember, so all the days you look, this week you, you, um, you compromise to do this, and that would help you. And in that process, um, as you mentioned about the system, in Action Coach, we consider, could I share the screen just? just yeah, so absolutely, of course, of course. Okay. I hope you, you look okay. When we mention about six, six steps to massive results, this is a system that result to many, um, all, all kinds of companies. At the beginning, you have to eliminate cows, okay? And you have to eliminate cows with maestry in destination, maestry in time management, maestry, in team building, maestry, and systems. When you have this maestry, you have a stability. And when you have a stability in a little business, now you could make a massive marketing, which is niche, so you could get more income. Because some people want to make huge marketing, but they don't have stability. And what they would get is clients upset because you offer me all this, 
And now that I'm asking you to deliver, you are not consistent in that. And then when you have the niche, the marketing, we help them to be competitive, not only with price. Have, you have to define, uh, define your unique differentiation and any company could do it. But what I heard in Latin America is, look, in Latin America, your only differentiation that matters is the price. You go to the United States and they say the same. You go to Europe and they say the same. And in Action Coach, we are in 83 countries. And the problem is the middle companies and little companies in Latin America have, they have also in the United States, in Europe, in Australia and Vietnam. And in the last more than 25 years, we have helped them develop all this process. And the goal for us is this one. The definition of a business for us is a commercial, profitable enterprise that works without you. Because if you have to be in the business, you don't have an enterprise, a business. You have a self-employment. Excellent. Thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing that. Um, I think uh, those of you that are listening to this are probably uh, very happy that uh, we have brought some action into the conversation of coaching. Uh, I definitely appreciate the conversation, Stephen. I think it's helped me a lot. Um, so I'm very grateful uh, to have met you. Uh, we should connect. Stephen, where can people find more about Action Coach, more about you? Well, um, you could find me as... Um, I have an, an homonymous, mm -hmm. which is a second cousin of mine, uh, Esteban Chedak Brickman in LinkedIn, and also you could find me as um, www.actioncoachlatam.com. Uh, I believe, yes, I, I put it here, I believe, in the, yes, let me see, yes, here we have. Ah, Anna, <laughs> this one is very good. One. You see, there you go. Let me. Oh, let me right, it's there. Here. There you go. Excellent. And uh, and you also could find in in other in other countries because we are in the United States, in Mexico, Colombia, and other countries uh, as actioncoach.com, and you could search for a coach in your country if, if you would like. And um, let me show this, this, just a moment, because this one is, is, is I, I'm, I'm um, we programmed my, my web, but I love this photo. <laughs> That's the way usually the, the leaders and the owners of the middle companies feel. You see this yep, guy? Yeah. <laughs> that is, and that that's, is. A, that's a support that we, we give to them. That is fantastic. Well, uh, uh, Stevan, thank you very much. I think there's a lot for us to think about. Uh, I'm really glad we have the chance to connect. I hope we can visit Ecuador at some point, or if you want, or if you're going to Colombia, it'd be great to meet as well. So thank you so much. 
uh, for coming. Thank you, everyone who has joined us over Zoom, everyone else who's joined us over Facebook. Uh, remember, this content is going to be available on Facebook as of today, on YouTube as of tomorrow, and then we'll get snippets to put on Instagram TV as well as LinkedIn and then the podcast. So thank you, everyone. Um, just as a quick note, remember next week, we're going to have uh, the talent conference initially in Colombia. We'll then have a talent conference uh, for the world. Uh, so we're going to try to network talent uh, so that we can have conversations uh, like this. Uh, but please, please, if, if you're interested in all of this, just, just let me know. Uh, you know where to find me. You know where to find Torre. We are Torre everywhere at We are Torre on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. And you can find me as Eddie Arrieta uh, anywhere you like. Esteban, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Eddie. Remember, my house is your house. And uh, what I, I would like to recommend, it, it, it's kind of difficult book, but it's, it's great, is um, the theory of, um, of belief of Bruce Lipton. It's, it's a great book. You are going to understand a lot about our mind and ourselves. Excellent, excellent. I've put three. I've put three checks, which means that you really gotta pay attention to that one. Uh, so thank you so much, Stefan. I really appreciate it. Thank you everyone for coming today, and hope you have a fulfilling and amazing day today. Goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening, and remember to share, like, and comment if this content brought value to your life. You can find us on social media as We Are Torre. Explore more content at blog.torre.co. See you around.